0: guys, welcome back to a Panda Podcasts, we're a group of guys from Melbourne talk about nerdy stuff. My name is Adam and next to me is uh,
1: Julian and uh, today I'm going to be talking about side quests in video games and whether or not we like them or not, basically.
0: Um, we are joined today by a friend of the show, Mr. Bruce, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm
2: good and yes, I'm Bruce. Uh, my topic for today is uh, friction between old fans and new fans, the uh, mainstreamers and the hipsters, and uh, what are our thoughts on that dynamic? Yep. And my name is Adam, once again,
0: and my topic today is um, something simple. We're talking about the PS5. It got announced about a month ago now, and
1: it's... A little less than a month ago, but yeah.
0: Scheduled to come out end of this year, end of 2020.
1: Yeah, the same by... By Christmas, they want to hit the Christmas
0: rush. You know, Christmas shopping. Everyone likes a PS5 for Christmas. That's the idea. Um, So my question is, um, what justifies a purchase into the new generation for you guys? Because I waited, I waited, uh, I I waited about three years till I got a PS4.
1: Mm.
0: And my reason was there weren't any titles that I wanted to play straight off the bat. And that's why I waited for more stuff to come out. Um, But with the PS5, a whole bunch of games got announced about like 39 of them. Um, And they range from like Spider-Man to Rashid and Clank, Grand Theft Auto, NBA, um, to a couple of indie games as well that I've never heard of. Um, so it's a mix of like indie games and um, mainstream games. So my question to you guys is what makes you buy new consoles?
2: Um, well, we've got a video game ex- expert right there. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so or so or like, like our resident expert. yeah.
1: Well, it, 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 It's interesting because um, it's, it's a very nostalgia driven launch as uh-huh. far as I can tell. There's a lot of old games coming back, um, things we haven't seen for a little while, and and um, as well as some newer newer franchises that have come back, um, and and that's definitely the way to go about it. I think if you're looking for the returning audience, um, if you want the people who have a PS4 to upgrade to PS5, then then that's how you get them in. Like, um, but for me, actually and I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but like PS4 is not my primary sort of platform. Actually, like PlayStation has always been sort of the, my least played console. Um, And there are a couple of reasons for that, but like, um, it's, it's also like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's one of the more interesting sort of generational changes in consoles. That we've ever seen because um, the, the backwards compatibility issue is sort of out there like as it is with every console generation change um, and like both Microsoft and Sony have very different strategies for how they're dealing with this. Um, I'm not all completely like um, on top of everything because it's quite complicated. I think Xbox has a program where um, some games are being developed like for both platforms and like you'll be able to upgrade like if you buy a title that's for both, like a FIFA title, for example. Um, you'll be able to upgrade into the next generation if you already have it for the previous generation. Whereas I think PlayStation doesn't have a strategy like that in mind. Um, they really just want you to get the PS5 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and and play the games on that. So um,
0: with the PS5, um, they've mentioned that it is backwards compatible. Yeah. Um, but is that just going to be?
1: Well, I think I, I get the feeling it'll be the same as the last generation of backwards compatibility, where I think it'll be
2: an afterthought for sure.
1: There were select titles, and like even now, there are still titles that people are like why isn't this playable? Like this PS3 game that I loved, like still isn't playable. <laughs> yep. So like, it's definitely um, a thing that they've, they've tried for, but like, again, I think the target is to get as many people to upgrade as possible and get them playing the new games on the new console.
0: So at the moment, it's the top 100 PS4 games will be compatible.
1: Right. So it's not, which makes sense. Yeah. Um but like they definitely want to incentivize more purchases of the new console. Um, yeah. yeah, so the like the, the big flagship titles. I think like other I, I, I remember um uh like Nintendo having issues with this. Um because like for example when I think the Wii U launched, they had a lot of titles being developed for both the Wii, like the original Wii and the Wii U, like Twilight Princess, for example, was one of them, I think. Um, and because they were very different sort of platforms, it was like hard for developers to, to invest Choose. in that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so like generation changes are really weird. They're always really weird in consoles. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And like as a consumer again like PS5 is not necessarily my priority but there are like it's always going to be about the games i reckon yeah. like uh, for cons- consumers they they're always going to want to be able to play the best games um you know on the on the new technology um, so like like to to as a consumer like if there are games in that launch window that i'm interested in i'm much more likely to to pick it up but again like PlayStation isn't, isn't my sort of my top tier uh, console of choice
0: so for me um, the only game that really stands out from this huge list is um, Mars Morales Spider-Man because yeah. the PS4 one was actually really good um, and Ratchet and Clank
2: because is that yeah. enough for you because you said that um, no, you said yeah, three. It's, years it's not enough yeah like yeah, you, t- you took three years and I feel like that was actually a proper length of time to wait to get um to make it worth. Yeah. So yeah. if you can like uh I want I, I like at this point, so you're saying at this point it's not worth it, even with the um all these vintage retro titles that like GDA five, which has been going on for quite a while. So yep. yeah. Um yeah, GDA
0: five's on the Grand is on the um, Horizon 2
1: Horizon, something like Forbidden West,
0: the Forbidden West, yep. <laughs> um, Fortnite's on there, there's a Lord of the Rings game, Watch Dogs, Ranger. Uh, now, I feel
2: like I feel like PlayStation has always struggled with exclusives and the content, uh, compared to like Xbox because, uh, well, Xbox, you we just point to it and we just say Halo, like that's. Um, yeah, that's like a big reason why you'd want. That's the that only console. reason I've got an Xbox. Yeah. yeah, but PlayStation has always had the best stats, so it's always had the best hardware, and it's always yeah. had the best like. So like, there's universities that just take ten of them, put it together, and that's like their supercomputer. Because well,
0: while we're while yeah. we're on the topic of hardware, they announced that yeah. there's going to be two lines of consoles coming out, um, the traditional unit with a disc tray, and yeah. yeah. and and one yeah digital only version
1: so this is interesting to me because like a disc tray in 2020 surely is not an expensive addition to a console
2: like and
1: and so uh, i i'm not saying that i I think i would argue that so obsolete yeah absolutely i i agree with that but yeah like if they if they want to sell both, like is there going to be a big price differential there? Like, what's the incentive to choose one over the other? um I, I don't understand the strategy here. Is <laughs> basically,
2: most exciting things I found was just the addition of a really well-designed remote because, um like we've always very important, yeah. Because I I, I, my, the, I use my PlayStation so much as a media center. It is. Mm-hmm. It was above and beyond, better than anything else, better than the the Blu-ray players at the time and all that. And like use it, and I got used to using my um, controller to do it. But and I knew that they had um, remotes, but who who's gonna buy a remote? Like I like seeing it. I like. I'm excited. I hope they bundle it because right. uh, it it acknowledges that yeah, this is more of a media thing than like a gaming thing. But like I really like. way the remote looked and it just made me excited. So uh, So, like
1: you bring up a really interesting point and and this is actually one of the things that um, has sort of driven me away, like set me apart from PlayStation gaming in general, is that even from the very first generation, PlayStation 1 um, and definitely PlayStation 2, um, they've always had this concept of being a media center. Um, and so you can plug it into your TV and then you can watch your, your um, VCDs or put on some music or whatever. Um, and I, I believe, my theory is that the types of developers who are interested in producing content, producing games for a console that is also a media center uh, are going to be the ones that are going to deliver a more cinematic experience, a more linear, like um, driven uh, storytelling experience than, you know, a more sort of, I wouldn't say casual, but like a more free form sort of play style where, where like the the gamer creates their own stories. Mm-hmm. And like, as a gamer, my wheelhouse is definitely in those free Tell your own story, like generate your own world, sort of types of games. Um, Mm. And so, and that has always sort of been true for me. Um, And so, like, the appeal of the PlayStation was sort of a little bit less um, intriguing for me in general, just because, you know, you had Naughty Dog and all these great developers who were really, really interested in just telling their story. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the, the idea of, a console as a media center is is, um, it does mean the optical drive has its its place. Uh But it's not like you can't get Netflix on your console nowadays. Right. Like even in this generation, if you use the blue,
2: you can get it on your uh, TV as well. Like, or you can just get a Chromecast and that's the end of that. It's like 50 bucks. You're done.
1: And I understand that there's definitely a market for Blu-ray and, and you know, um, because there are extras that you might not be able to find online or, mm-hmm. like, and, and the fidelity of a Blu-ray, if you've yeah, got that no type of screen, that, I mean, it depends on your internet connection. I would no, say. no,
2: that's I, what I mean. Like, with a Blu-ray disc, there's zero lag compared to, like, oh, yeah, streaming yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, or okay, downloading it. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're restricted by the internet and we still have that issue where like our internet plans here are tiered based on how much we pay for the speed and for uh, sometimes quotas of data. So like uh, having a Blu-ray means that you don't have to do homework, you buy it and plug it in. So, yeah.
0: but. And I'm sure somewhere that like somewhere, someone at Sony thinking, you know, not every country has top tier internet yet. Um, and that's why the Blu-ray player or the optic drive still exists.
2: I think that there is a um, disconnect between Japan and the world as well because um, like um, as we know, like the GameCube was like a huge failure, like commercially, but like in Japan it was highly successful because like um, I guess that they knew what the Japanese audience was going to like. They made it and they didn't foresee that it would be um, it would have that disconnect around the world with the controller and stuff like that. Also like they still have Tower Records in Japan where people are still buying CDs or DVDs and Blu-rays. So, like, from a perspective of, like, yeah, we could stream it and we could download it. Like, it makes sense to us to uh, do that. But um, there's heaps of people just buying Blu-rays in Japan, and that's the only way they're going to watch the news movie. That's, like, they're going to yeah. watch it on DVD or Blu-ray, and they will buy it. So, that's super um, interesting it seems... Be. Yeah, they, they still... They they will not um, like by and large just as a society they're not inclined to um, download or stream like streaming is one thing but like downloading illegally or without payment is not really part of just the the way that they think so uh, that's why you've still got music and DVD shops whereas like over here like that's a that's a model that's like really going down Um <laughs> yeah.
1: It's definitely like, like I've traveled a bit around like regional parts of Australia and you see like a sanity music shop Oh wow. in small towns. And it's like, have I gone like 30 years into the past? What's <laughs> happening? Um, but like the interesting thing to me is that like, um, uh, like I look at my shelf of physical media DVDs, video games that i bought over the years, like many years of being a gamer and, and like a human being. And to me now it just looks like clutter. And I, I really want to get rid of it, all. it. does. Like I'm, I don't want, I don't actually want to see that shelf. Cause
2: Google you'll never use it. Like it, yeah. it has value, but it doesn't have value in replayability because you're not going to just wake up one day and be like, I really want to play that game. And if you did, It would be fairly easy to find like a digital copy or to find it if you really want now, yes. So it is yes, now. So um I guess if you go to regional Victoria and stuff like uh they are also more hamstrung by lack of good internet options. So um yeah, buying a DVD for like five bucks, it's way better than twelve bucks at the movie theater. You only need to watch it once.
1: So there's also like there is a certain amount of an issue of ownership of the the media so i understand from from a lot of people's perspective they want to have that on the shelf because that disc can never be taken away from them
0: they that own product. that product
1: right yes whereas if they hire it on stream or buy it on stream streaming if the streaming service shuts down or if there's some problem um then they don't have access to that thing anymore and you so, can't resell
2: so, it easily so yeah
1: there's also that yeah, yeah. but like um like there's for me like it's just I've got a lot of stuff and I've got stuff from like generations of video gaming that I actually just can't play now because I don't know like if the console even worked if I I could plug it in or if I've got all the controllers that I need like I don't know where everything is necessarily Um, but I've just got a shelf just chock full of what I consider like like good games that, that like I've kept them for a reason, like otherwise I would have sold them or, or otherwise gotten rid of them, but also I'm never going to touch them. Um, and <laughs> like, it, it's sort of like, I would rather have that shelf space. And this is why I think it's really interesting that Japan is in this headspace, um, because, you know, as we know, like Tokyo, for example, is just like a very high density city with very small accommodation, um, in a lot of places. So like, where are they storing all this stuff?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps that a lot of this stuff is, uh, flat. So like they've yeah. got all the manga collections of uh, stuff that they like, and they've got all the DVDs of stuff that they like. Like there's, you're right. It is quite dense, but, uh, it's like, uh, I think unless you get into like figures and like, um, or like bigger things, like it's right. quite easy to have flat uh, media because books and DVDs tend to be quite easy to store because they stack up. So yeah,
1: that's fair.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just uh, it's fair. it's just cu- curious. Yeah, look,
2: I-, I couldn't believe that there's still CD, and like to be honest, um, they've got a weird thing like like take idols for example, like um, they support these idols by buying their releases like which might be only two songs or something like that uh they'll re- they'll buy it multiple times because inside the jacket there is a lottery ticket and then oh. that might allow them to actually meet the uh idol in oh. person so they'll buy it like five six times the same album so it's so, not yeah. about the product it's about like the the, reward. the chance to yeah, yeah they, and yeah. the thing they is can re- like they can even resell career. the
1: extra copies for
2: oh, like, um, like I mean, are they worth nah, much they,
0: then they're probably not worth much probably not worth much after after that
2: but but they probably want to keep it yeah but like in Korea for example like um, a lot of Koreans like uh, music um, artists and stuff will actually go and tour in Japan and try to get successful in Japan because uh, unlike Korea Japan has like that thriving music buying industry where they're buying physical copies and that allows them to like really rake it in comparatively Mm. whereas like Mm. in Korea it's like much of the world. Uh, they have music streaming services that they use a lot. Uh, they don't really pay like extreme amounts, but basically they're using like the Spotify's, they're using melon and stuff. So if they if they actually are able to get success in Japan, it's much better for Korean artists because like there's money there that's left on the table. Like there's still Japanese people buying CDs multiple times over. So it's a, it's a good market for them to like make the hop across the pond. And try to um, expand the influence there as well.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So if we go back, if we go back to the PS Five, um, yes. uh, We can. No, we can. We can kind of make a really small prediction on how much it will cost, because the PS Four came out at about six hundred dollars um, Australian.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, I'd be expecting that sort of a price point. Right, but But is it?
0: It would be a natural assumption that the optic drive version will be more expensive than the other one, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because that makes no sense. But then, how does the other one stack? Will it just have a bigger hard drive? Yeah, that's that's the
1: natural assumption. I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a second hard drive where the optical drive would Okay, yeah. So
2: why would you buy the PlayStation 5 if you have a PlayStation 4? Um like what is the upgrade you're getting in t- aside from graphics? Right. Like what what are you getting? Exactly. I, I don't really know.
0: Because that's that, that goes back to I mean, my like my original question. Like why would you buy it if all the games you like are still on four and nothing new is on fan. five?
1: Yeah, the aesthetic of uh, the device. It
0: does look I like a not. good box. It's a nice looking box. <laughs> it's a nice
2: looking box. It's actually chunkier. It's, it's
1: definitely. Uh, it's something that you. I, I wish it was flat. When you walk into I I, I
2: wish it was like the PlayStation Four has that snowplow look, and it just yeah. like I, I like that it's flat. Like I I am not a fan right? of the um standing up, like Xbox at one point yeah. was the standing, and I, I'm not I, like I like it to be like just like a. It, it feels like it would tip over easily. Well, the stand's whereas, like, separate. Flat. Huh?
0: The stand is a separate accessory. The stand is
2: separate. For the PS4. What do you, so, so you can actually... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. did like, no. uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, like, it, it does harken a little bit back to the PS3's device, this design, which was also had the the um, curves. I have a PS3 seat
0: on my side. desk right now. Yeah. I'm looking at it. and I'm like, this thing is chunky and round and not flat yeah. at all.
2: Hmm. I, I, this the, there. was that one model that was really good, like the uh, the one with backwards compatibility. The right. PS3. Yeah. 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 The, um,
1: the early. The this, reason it was very expensive. Yeah. Oh, the first generation. Yeah. It basically yeah. had to have two different chips on it. I think yeah. like yeah. <laughs> two different processors, so that they could it could could be backwards compatible. Yeah, but, was but then I could because, play
2: Marvel vs. Capcom too. So right. yeah, that was a good time.
1: But like, it, it didn't have to make any compromises of over which games were backwards Mm -hmm. compatible it's just like everything will work yeah um and like they've never seen the economic sense in in going back to that model (laughs) i guess um which i i understand and it it did make for a very expensive device as i remember
0: yeah um so we'll wrap up this topic would you buy a ps5 right now like pre-order would you drop money on it right now
1: i can't say that i would um I think, and I don't actually know what would drive me to want to get (laughs) want to get one at this point. I'll Um, I'll take
2: it one step further. Like I could win a competition and get a (laughs) PS5 for free, and I would sell it because I wouldn't know. Wow! Because I'm not I'm not a gaming person, and like um, there is a PlayStation 4 in the hall. There, I've got a PlayStation 3 lying around somewhere. If I did want to play Blu-rays, and it just I it would be such a waste in my eyes because like even for free, it doesn't have any value as a PlayStation to me because I wouldn't use it. And like that is like the, the peak form of clutter. It's like new clutter. So that's yeah. very sad.
1: I honestly don't think there is a um like like I don't think must play exclusives on consoles are a thing for me anymore. Like I think if firstly every like it sometimes it takes a while but but usually games make it to pc and eventually like Like two to three years later yeah um so so like that's always an option but also like there's just so much like content in the world we've talked about this before in the world um that like to, to have FOMO about missing out on a Ratchet and Clank game is just like, it seems to me you're a bit silly. <laughs> yeah. But they might be very good. Like I actually, the other thing for me is that because I was never really a PlayStation gamer, I don't have that much nostalgia for these titles uh-huh. um, that were PlayStation exclusive back in the day. So um, it like none of that really hits me in, in a way that makes me want to buy the
2: thing. I think I think a really good idea would be if you if they would have a rental service where you get to rent the PlayStation, play the game, and then give it all back. Like, because if you wanted to play a game, you don't want all that initial outlay. But you are interested in the game to some extent. You kind of want to check it out. And um, I think if they took out the hardware aspect of it, like you have to buy a PlayStation, I think if you were able to rent the whole setup, play it, and give it back, like using a snowboard. Um, yeah, I just think that, that would probably be way more successful. Like, that, would, that might be what I would do. I'd be like, I would get a PlayStation 5, uh, like, if I got it for free, and I would think about renting it out to people who wanted to play the game.
0: Look at this guy. This
2: Just yeah. creating its, a its own bis- business model. <laughs> exactly. Like you want the game, right? Like, you don't want the, the media center of it. You don't want, like, the, like, rep yeah. of having one. You just want to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Before it yeah. comes out on PC much later. So, yeah, like I think that's the only way where it becomes actually fun again because it's about like we're doing budgeting to like play a game and it's just like, um, it's you just want to play that game, just skip to that. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll move on to Bruce's topic.
2: Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, uh, recently Food Wars came out on Netflix and, yeah, um, some people were hitting me up like, "Oh, food wars etc., etc." And I was just like, "Oh, like." And this has happened a couple of times in the uh, past couple of months as well, where um, Netflix gets the rights to something. So I was telling them like, "Yeah, actually, I uh, with Adam, uh, I made what they made in the first episode, which is the uh, gotcha pork or the nanchatte pork yeah. or whatever, like yeah. where like um it, there's no meat except for the bacon wrapped around oh, it." That's and
0: good. That was good.
2: Uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Uh, we had a good experience. But I was like, I was in uni when that, I, that right. was like oh, eight, ages ago. nine years ago. Yeah,
0: that was ages ago. Yeah, right.
2: like it was a yeah. long time. And I was like, now, now there's people coming up to me and they want to talk about it because it's the first time they've, uh, it's been put in a way that's easy enough for them to access. It, it's a
0: new set of, it's a new audience.
2: It's a new audience. And yeah. um, there's also like when all the Marvel movies came out, a bunch of, um, like new fans, casual fans showed up where uh, so, and they wouldn't know all the back ethos, they wouldn't know all the back history. And there were like um, especially for comic book fans, like decades fairly, and decades
0: of comic books.
2: Yeah, but they're fairly rabid in some senses because <laughs> they're very protective of um, the knowledge that they've built up. And then seeing a casual come in and say like, "Oh, I really like uh, Captain Marvel." And they're like, "But you don't even know Captain Marvel he used to be a man?" And then it was passed on. And like, there's all these backstories. And like, um, any fandom doesn't seem to, like a lot of them don't seem to recognize that uh, you want more of that content. And that means that you need more money to support that artist. Yeah. Uh, If you, uh, like, and you're not providing all that money. You're not monopolizing it. Like you need that money from these new casual fans uh, who will one day maybe become, hardcore maybe they'll just stay casual and there's nothing wrong in that but like that's allowing your favorite artists to like keep going so uh it's just a weird dynamic that i um i'm a bit confused by because i i don't really see uh why they would um oh that's good Uh, i don't really see why they would be so adamant like oh you need to be all or nothing like yeah. uh, they don't respect the amateur nature of uh, just enjoying something without being consumed by it so yeah. um i don't know like do you all have those kind of like uh, spots of interest where you feel like oh you you don't know enough about it to talk about it come back when you've studied or do you just like what are your thoughts so on- that's
0: the, the thing the thing about anime is that like there's m- generational anime fans um and in the past few years I haven't watched a lot of mainstream animes. So I'm not, I'm, I'm considered, I'll consider myself an old school fan now because of, you know, the time that I had back in uni where I would just watch everything and even the big names would be talked about. But now even like some of the big names now, I don't watch. So when, for instance, Bruce might give me shit, but I haven't seen Demon Slayer yet. Everyone's talking about Demon Slayer.
2: No, but like that—that's one of those overhyped. Kind. Look, there's certain animes that, um, like Demon Slayer, Shingeki no Kyojin. Um, yeah. Like they're the kind of animes that are so mainstream, popular, and successful. Like Sword Art Online. Like yep. people who are not traditional fans will have heard about it and they'll have dipped their toe in it and they would have enjoyed it because it takes the best of all of these. It amalgamates all these things together and makes it quite enjoyable to watch. So. Um, you don't need to watch it, but uh, like uh, My Hero Academia is another example. Like right. these are the kind of things that are like leading the way in terms of raising awareness because they're making it um, that you don't have to know to tropes. enter the culture. Yeah, you don't need to know tropes because it's because it's so new in itself, or it's it takes such um, a formula that works so well in other shows, uh, and they put it together. Like you don't need. All of that you can just purely enjoy. Yeah, this is the greatest hits kind of thing. also
0: so if we ask if we ask Julian, who like to my understanding isn't a big anime watcher and isn't too much into the community, um, what names do you know that either you've watched or you know about um, because of just the conversation that's out there?
1: Yeah, like I mean, the the ones that you've mentioned have definitely um, you know been through my head some yep. point and definitely um neon genesis and evangelion was a huge thing right. when i was sort of growing up and like there were definitely um which is considered as... a classic now yeah absolutely and it has made it to netflix eventually um we And uh, that was hard after that was after... hard yeah
2: like like because he, he for years um like hollywood was knocking on his door and like this is something i learned like a couple of weeks ago like um they were they were like yeah we want to make it again like, we want to re-release it. We want to, like, yeah. re-dub it. all this. And he's like, no, go away. Like, just go away. And then, like, okay. like, and it's one of the most successful things ever, like, in that industry. And he just didn't, yeah. like, didn't fall prey to, re-release. like, easy money. So, like, yeah. the fact that Netflix got it on there, like, it's either an immense amount of money, which is unbelievable at this point because they've been trying for years, or they said that they would treat it nicely. Like, they would respect it. They would... Show it to a bigger yeah. audience and like all of that appealed to him. And he was like, fine. But I, we don't know, but like, I don't know at least. Uh, but I do know that like for years, it's not being able to go mainstream because he's just like, nah, like you, you don't butcher yeah. my work. Yeah.
1: And it is like, in terms of its storytelling, it's, it's not, it's not um, necessarily like I haven't watched all of it, which is like one of those things that's definitely on the list. But from what I saw when I was watching it, it's not conventionally told. Like the story is, is um, like pretty unique, in 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 all of media, not necessarily just in anime. Um, so there's a, there's a definitely a good reason for it to have become, like, had the cult status that that it's attained over the years. Full um,
2: disclosure: I don't really like it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> which is fine uh, i think
2: Mike. Uh, yeah it, like uh but it is one of those things that like you, you can't avoid knowing about it like i i sing the song like on average it's like once a month like wow that's <laughs> a lot like like because i'm averaging every time i go to karaoke and then like so like if i go to karaoke like, <laughs> like i've definitely sung it like once a month and like, it, because i've gone to karaoke more than 12 times a year so wow that's a lot is, of karaoke
1: <laughs> that's hilarious
2: yeah so it's definitely happening like a 100 but um yeah it's just uh i i didn't um personally like how the tv series ended the anime ended and then okay. everyone will always come to you and say no you gotta watch the movies that explain i was like i'm not doing homework yeah. like, I'm not do- <laughs> like i'm here to enjoy it I, look, yeah. I gave it a go didn't like it like i t- i watched a lot of episodes obviously so um no make it good like and one piece as well like ages ago people told me like to watch it they're like yeah after the first 100 episodes it gets really good i was like, <laughs> "You think i'm made out of time well this like, is
1: okay yeah. so this is another element of this discussion which is very important which is that like you're talking about new fans and old fans but like mm-hmm. um some of these properties are impenetrable because they there's like thousands of hours of it out there like if you want to get into dragon ball z today like what is your, what is your pathway in or oh, something like no, that? No, but there, there like, have been
0: like redones of, for instance, Dragon yeah, Ball for, for new audiences. I understand
1: this, but also like. Um, but also,
2: it's just so it, there is a barrier. I, I haven't yeah. got into it because I, I didn't get into anime as a kid. I got into it like in uni. So it's, I'm relatively new in my life. Like uh, I didn't even know what it was. So like there's, there's plenty of stuff I had to catch up on, but I, yeah. I caught up on it when I felt like, like One Piece, I'm not watching uh, but I have read it twice because uh, reading is way faster. you six right. chapters, one episode, like you're just gonna catch like in, in a month and a half, I had caught up to a thousand chapters. It wasn't uh, undoable, and you don't need to do it in in two months. you can just when you're reading it, you enjoy either enjoy it or you just like move on. like because uh, look, I don't like um breaking bad. I don't like um like Game of Thrones. I don't like uh, certain, like I, and the reason I don't like it is because it's just not my genre. I don't like drama. I've watched Game of Thrones with friends. It was very, very fun because I was with them. But I know that Breaking Bad is one of the best shows of my lifetime and The Sopranos and all that, but I'm not going to watch it because it's not my bag. Like my bag is just comedy. Like I, I want to, mm. so when I watch like these good shows, Death Note and stuff, they're not going to make me like anime and I think that you shouldn't have to. If someone recommends something, like, and it feels like homework, but you have to watch it. You shouldn't be there. Like it's your en- yeah. en- entertainment. Like if you're not enjoying but, it, move but on. Then, like
1: like so, so. this goes back to the point, which is that like, um, when when some of these properties are that impenetrable, yes, you've got gatekeepers as well, like cultural gatekeepers mm. saying, well, you're not a true fan unless you've watched this. And, and you feel this way about it. And then, like, yeah. it, it, it's just, like, it's a mind-bogglingly, like, counterintuitive to me to, to have that attitude and say, like, no, you're only allowed into our community uh, if you've met these sort of requirements. If you had a certain level. Yeah, Look, if you have uh, a certain level I, of understanding will, and experience with the properties. I will say
2: that, like, um, if the show was that good, like, and there have been, like, Hunter x Hunter, uh, for example, or Black Clover, um, these are, like, quite long they're like 100 plus episodes and the thing is just in lockdown with my housemate like i sat down and i watched hunter hunter with him start to finish and uh that's because i was like look it's it's so good i I don't care about watching it again like Mm -hmm. um if he because like that does facilitate um how good it is and i feel like um you couldn't make that argument about dragon ball or one piece because of the length and also mm-hmm. because people would just be like yeah you know what it's not that much fun like it's not fun enough to rewatch especially like um i feel like friends is more fun to randomly rewatch like <laughs> uh like you you could make the argument that like if somebody watched season 7 of friends uh and you said like oh yeah like the early seasons were good too and you wouldn't mind like sitting and watching it with them because it's it's very easy like it doesn't feel like homework for for most right. people like it's very easy to just laugh along with their laugh track and stuff like that. Like I made a lot of fun of friends until like um, I was like, like somebody was just playing it in the background. I was just really enjoying it. And I was like, it's catchy. I I think, I think your point about the gateways to getting in there is valid for, uh, for a lot of things, but um, I think it, it would be hard to really enjoy it any other way without actually like I don't think you could watch a Naruto movie um, or one of these because these movies generally tend to be just made up. Like they're not canon, so it's hard to yeah. watch them and know who is who because they don't Absolutely. say oh. they don't say who they are. So yeah, um,
1: I, I have to confess that like I I I definitely like walked out of Marvel movies saying things like, "Well, in the comics, this uh-huh. is what happened."
2: <laughs> no, but to be fair, like that's that's a bit different because like anime. Like tends to follow along with the manga very closely, and okay. if it doesn't. There's a big, a lot of noise made about about it. Whereas, like with Marvel, I think comic book fans are just used to being trampled on. Like I, I, don't, I, don't really <laughs> think, I, th- I, don't think anybody who's uh, like, uh, like who's who knew the comic books like comes out of the movie and was like, yeah, that was like even uh Deadpool. Like I'm, uh, I'm a big fan. Like uh, I'm a huge fan. Like I've got Deadpool all over my room. Like I've got like, if I reach over, I can pull out a mask. Like, it's, I love Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool's younger than me, uh, which is very sad, but, like, um, <laughs> like it, it came out after I was born, and so, like, it, it's a v- relatively new, like, franchise and stuff, but, like, I don't feel like the Deadpool movie um, was exactly like the comic books, but I feel like it captured the spirit of it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's, because, for example, like, he gets a happy ending in these movies where he gets the love of his life. Spoil- Sorry, spoilers. But like, yeah. he fa- like he finds love in, in the comics. It's just tragedy. He just, he doesn't, he's an anti-hero. Uh, he doesn't get happiness. He gets brief moments of like, he's yeah. really struggling with what is clearly described as uh, mental illness with like the different boxes in his head. Um, and it's just like, he doesn't get that because like Hollywood can't make that movie because it, um, they, they just have to have a happy ending. And it's, yeah. Um, like the ones like they just they don't have the balls to like pull through like pull out a real adaptation because they're trying to make that audience wide and if you yeah. have that ending it's super polarizing so yeah I, I think uh, I think Holly, you can't look to Hollywood for like good a- adaptations. I really don't yeah because they, they, like look at Avatar like that guy came in and he just said, Oh God. Oh, uh, oh, God. Wait, wait, we're talking about I the look... blue people or are we are talking about the airbender? No, we're talking about the, the, the blue people were never
1: right? a cartoon series Yeah, on Nickelodeon. Like, so.
2: uh, like he comes in and he's like, look, the protagonist is named Ong because like, that's how it's really said. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. If it's a <laughs> manga, you can argue about the pronunciation of his name. If you had a whole series where everyone called him Ang, you can't just say it was supposed to be Ong. Like, no, you can't just do that. And it just, it, it, it feels very like, uh, it feels like you've just thrown out a part of the fan. Okay. Like even so, in Star Wars, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. Okay. an entire extended universe that he threw out because he didn't feel like reading it. And it was just like, like um, I lost hours of my life because, <laughs> because I've read a lot of those books twice. I was like, looking forward to his girlfriend, Kalista and like the twins and like uh, the emperor coming back. And they were like, you know what? Too much reading. I'm going to just make my own movies. And I'm like, I feel disrespected. I really do. Like we were here before you and you've just uh, rewritten whatever to to make it easier. So I I, I think What happens when you give
0: many people like like, many people authority to tackle the same franchise. They don't talk to each other.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but look. But, but like, maybe I am on that side of the issue now, where I feel like, look, you have got to be a fan to make this content. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> to make the content is
1: different to consuming it, though. So, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. but the interesting, like, here, here, let me propose a situation. So you meet someone who had never heard of Avatar: The Last Airbender, the Nickelodeon cartoon series, mm-hmm. and they watched the film by M. Night Shyamalan, and said, "Oh, this is great." what a wonderful world they've created here. There's, there's bending, all the elements are controllable by magical people. Um, And, and, and then you say, well, actually, did you know that this was a TV series and they come back to you and say, well, I'm not interested in checking that out. That's yeah. mm, It's a bad taste
0: for the the (laughs) franchise.
1: So then in this situation, if you're like, well, you can't call yourself an airbender fan, if you've never seen the cartoon show, then then you're that person. You're the, you're the cultural gatekeeper in this situation. So, um, you know, it, it, there, there's definitely like um, degrees to which, like, I'm not going to say that it's a good take on things. I think like, you shouldn't say like, you should like a fan is a fan. If someone enjoys a property and enjoys the world building, enjoys the characters and stuff like that, then they're a fan. Um, But like, you know and and th- i think the idea is to to sort of um guide them towards the best parts of that fandom and that uh, and that property without being an asshole about it yeah <laughs> you know I, um, I
2: think i think like when you uh like like when you mentioned that kind of scenario like you could mention it and then look uh the most common one like is just the book is better and like uh i think there's a lot of value in that. I don't think it's just meant to be like, um, I'm better than you because I read, et cetera, et cetera. I think that um, if you're going to, if you have both parts of media and one is the movie and one is the book, I actually do think it is a good idea to w- watch the movie first because um, there's less commitment because you can walk away from that. Uh, like the movie's easier, it's lazier and like you don't have to invest as much time. You just watch it. It might be long, but like, It'll be, like, four hours, like, let's say for, like, a Lord of the Rings movie with all of the scenes and all that. But uh, at the end of it, like, the book is probably going to take you longer to read. So if you enjoyed the movie, then I do suggest the book. But, like, if you don't enjoy the movie, like... Um, the book might still be good, but it's hard for me to convince you at this point that it's going to be- Because it's your first first impression.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, well, see, that's the other side of that scenario is if someone said, oh, you like the airbender airbender thing, that movie? And you're like, no, 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 no. No, no, the cartoon. They're like, "Mm, I watched the movie. I didn't like it. I'm not going to check that out. Like, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like it's it's a hard sell. (laughs)
2: Yeah look i, I haven't uh, i haven't watched dragon ball i watched the movie and i was like i have some issues with this movie but they're more in line with uh why is his grandfather asian and his girlfriend Asian? And his oh no we're talking and about that
0: movie like,
2: and then and then he's white <laughs> like it, so uh that being said i was like look uh i don't know about dragon ball but i do know that like uh i have got my heart broken by all the live action adaptations so I'm kenshin
0: is a good adaptation
2: um, I've heard that I've, and I've seen bits of it. And I, I found that the choreography, the fight scenes were not useless. Like they were actually like, yeah, like they looked like people fighting and it was gritty. And I haven't the seen, the sword.
0: I haven't seen everyone in Kenshin anime, but I did like the
2: movies. Same, same. I, I didn't even see the full movie, but I like what I saw of it. Yeah. So I, I think that, uh, look, just live actions in general. Like we can point to a few of them. Like, um, Resident <laughs> Evil, like Resident Evil was quite, uh, enjoyable. Uh, compared to, like, the games and all that. Like, uh, not, not saying the games are bad, but just that uh, they, it does get done nicely. Like, I'm watching The yeah. King's Avatar, which is a Chinese uh, web novel, and then it became a bad Chinese anime, anime and then I, I can't believe that the anime was so bad, and I'm super hooked on this live-action drama. It's really well done, but uh, it's such a uh, exception to the rule, which is live-action is uh, usually done as a cash grab, and it It's more to put good-looking actors and actresses in a role without actually uh, having a good role for them to fulfill. Like It's not written well, generally speaking, and it's not executed well at all. I've got
0: an example that kind of works in both ways because I haven't heard much negative things about this. So if we look at Pokemon as an animated series Mm. and Pokemon, the live-action movie,
2: well, it wasn't really Pokemon the live action movie, was it? It
0: was, it was, po- it was Pokemon the live action. Oh, it it's the Pokemon movie. It was
1: the first live action, you know. Yeah. Screening of of these characters. It's not like it's, like, it, like I mean like yeah. Pikachu like the, the it's, it's a
2: Pikachu the, movie. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't the focus, right? It wasn't like capture them all, like so it didn't no, no, no. infringe on it the animation. Yeah, no. it, I mean, was, right. it was it was like a side story. Like, hey, this is uh, this Pikachu is a detective. Like, it's like, and it's kind of like how um in star wars as well they have like anthology series or something where it's like has nothing to do with the main plot so they have freedom it's the same with uh guardians of the galaxy like uh that was not um like in the comics they're like a c or d rated uh oh, comic yeah. like if yeah. you you so, won't so even know iron about man. them huh so was iron man yeah no, iron man was pretty um Oh, so that, what was your point about Iron Man? No, when so that like,
1: came out, Iron Man was not a big deal. Like when yeah. the first Iron Man movie came out, the yeah. Iron Man comics were, were definitely lower down the, the list of, of okay, Marvel. Okay, so he,
2: he was a B B tier, but he was definitely not C. Like he, like he, he, the, the, because what I love about Marvel and the reason why I feel like, sorry about the tangent, but like, I feel like Marvel, the reason why they were so popular is because they had a, a central idea uh, surrounding them, whereas um, you couldn't connect with DC characters the same way. So um, you could like you find other things from DC Comics, but for example, Spider-Man is um, is a metaphor for puberty. He's struggling with puberty. His his body's changing. Uh, Iron Man struggled with alcoholic uh, like alcoholism. Yeah, uh, alcoholism. I don't yeah. say the word problem Yeah, alcoholism. And, and like um, all of like the x uh, like the mutants were struggling with. Like, it was a metaphor for being gay or trans. Like, uh, there's ways that you could see them being people like you in a very, very extreme way. So, like, people, especially, like, young people, were like, yeah, like, he's struggling with uh, growing up and finding his place in the world. We struggle with that. Uh, Captain America was, like, patriotism and stuff like that, and the industrial military-industrial complex. Like, there were all these big metaphors behind them, whereas, like, D.C., it like I'm Batman and I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah. Superman was a genius. Uh, Sorry. No, Superman was a God. He was Jesus. So he had all the powers. So you couldn't even relate to him anymore. Uh, and Batman, like, and so you've got the, the central five people I feel in DC and then everyone else is just like other versions of them. Like green arrow is like (laughs) Batman, but in a different city. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So the, the variety and the lack of like, what does Batman represent? Like, really like, um, I, I, well, don't know. I mean, I can't. T- I couldn't tell you.
1: To 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 come to the events, yeah. it becomes a thing where any given writer is able to imprint whatever they want to to that character to represent. So so yeah. when Frank Miller writes Batman, it's very different to when Grant Morrison writes. Oh, Batman. that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah. they
2: actually do have so, quite a free reign. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so they they become sort of a chameleon in that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> But, it but it's definitely it yeah. <laughs> Whereas you can't really you can't really imagine too many different ways that Spider-Man can be written, for example. No, well, that, why that's it, why
0: we have multiple Spider-Man now.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's, why like, that's that it, and, yeah.
2: You don't need to like you don't need to turn like uh Chris like sorry, Nick Fury into like a black woman or something like that. You just have a new agent in charge. Like you just like you know, you can make new characters. You don't need to like gender bend them or something like that. It's just introduce someone new, make them interesting, and make them interesting in a way that has nothing to do with them being um, like. W- it has nothing to do with them being non-white. Like it's it's not like oh this is interesting because it's no he's interesting because he's an interesting character or they think about things in an interesting way. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So we'll go off to Julian's topic now.
2: Yes. Um,
0: let's we'll change
1: gears there. a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want to talk about uh, uh, side quests in video games, and and mm. do they appeal to you? What is it about a good side quest that appeals to you? Um, so the reason I'm bringing this up is, I recently finished a playthrough of Nino Kuni Two. Which is, uh, if you guys aren't familiar, or if listeners aren't familiar, it's a it's a, a JRPG series that was, I think, um, co-designed by like people from Ghibli? Um, Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Um, so like the design is phenomenal. They these games look really good. I never played that much of the first one, but Nino Kuni 2 does something really interesting um Mm. and like jrpgs have side quests in general as well obviously but um this one for whatever reason i found side quests you know almost as compelling as the main story quest um in terms of like the characters were really interesting um the um the world that they lived in was was interesting enough for me to want to explore everything and find all these little quests and um and really like and and because the ultimate sort of one of the main mechanics of this game is that you're building up your own kingdom, and by doing a lot of the side quests, you're inviting these people to come and live in your kingdom and work for you, and occupy the buildings there and and provide value to you. Hmm. Which is not to say that that's even necessary because like um, I don't know if there are difficulty settings in this game, but definitely the difficulty I played at you really didn't need to do any of that to be successful. It was enough just to play the game, you'd get enough loot, and you'd level up enough to get through all the main story beats. So,
2: so it was not necessary, but you, yeah, you like Yeah,
1: absolutely, it. completely optional, but like, building out your city um, and having having it be populated by all these little guys walking around that you have a personal relationship to because you helped them in some way, and that's why they wanted you to come, um, I think is a big part of why it it was appealing to me to do all the side quests and I think like a lot of games make a mistake of having too much additional content um and and like not having enough of it be particularly well written or engaging or interesting um like like the classic example is Skyrim which if you get caught up in the side quests you can spend thousands of hours achieving not much of anything <laughs> um, and not really making it through the main quests. Um, and then some of them are worth doing, Like, and, and there are sort of like different sort of tiers of Skyrim side quests where some are just like, go there, grab this thing, bring it back to me. Whereas others are full quest chains that, that lead you through a journey. Um, um, I'm thinking like the Assassin's Guild or the Thieves Guild, things like that. Um, But yeah like uh, I'm wondering like uh, I guess this is a question about completionism as well to some degree like when you play video games how much are you interested in seeing everything that game has to offer in terms of all the additional content or or are you more keen on just getting through the the story seeing it through to the end and being satisfied with that
0: is I don't I don't know how much of this is still relevant now but achievement hunting oh yeah um, it's 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 still there but it's not talked about as much as it used to be but is that when, when people make side quests um, I as, as a player I'm not too involved in the side quest unless there's like a, a good reward out of it and achievement hunting is just one of them um so does that mean you make a side quest for the sake of making an achievement on your profile look good i don't
1: Um, know like I, i think that's definitely something that has been a factor in the past again i'm with you i don't know how many people are still that interested in achievements yeah um uh but but like uh, it definitely because it it's a public face of your like gamer profile. Yeah, people can look at and say, "Oh, this person's." Oh, you finished a hundred percent of Spider-Man. Platinum yeah. this game. Wow, that's mm. that that's a lot. And so, um, it's it's definitely for some people like a part of their their um, identity almost mm. is that like I platinum Dark Souls now. Like, I did everything in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But like for me, I normally pick up a game for the story so I'm there yeah
1: the understand the thing.
0: story finish the conflict and I'm done unless there's like something interesting in the background or, or I want some special item that will help me down the line because you know, some, some side quests do help uh, in terms of leveling up getting gear it makes the end game a bit easier um, but if you've got a side quest for the sake of a side quest then yeah what's the ultimate well, benefit
1: the other part of this conversation and this is something that's been stirring around twitter for the last few weeks is is this i this concept of like the value of a game being tied to how many hours it takes to complete it mm-hmm. uh, right so like if you if you spend 60 dollars on a game you should get an equivalent amount and
0: what are we like, what are we calling complete are we calling complete as 100 percent of the game is done or well, the main story
1: just the main story in some mm-hmm. cases. Um so uh this this was part of the conversation because uh a lot of people are saying that The Last of Us 2 is a little bit too long. It, it comes in at about 40 hours. And um I you know, think that's the a good thing. To, in, in what sense? Why is it a good thing?
0: So I'm like the longer the the longer the game um yep. and assumingly that quality doesn't sink as right. I go through, um, then that's what Last of Us 2 is a premium game. You get it for $90. I get my bucks yeah. worth.
1: Okay. So, so the, um, the counter example here is that like some of the content, the reason people are saying it's too long is that like the story runs out of steam or like the mechanics just aren't that interesting to make you want to do it over and over and over again 400 times
2: uh-huh. like
1: if they could tighten it up and make it a little bit of a you know a more um constrained experience um, and and brought it in at like uh, you know a 30 hour or 25 hour long experience then people would walk away from that more satisfied because they hadn't felt like they spent you know 10 hours doing meaningless things yeah, which is
0: which is um, understandable like quality over quantity yeah um and, um, and i get that because i've i have played games where i've the game mechanics don't change you're doing the same combos um nothing new's happening and it just gets stale halfway and i'm like i'm done yeah
1: like honestly i think i talked about this before but like i feel like this is what um sort of drove me away from spider-man on ps4 was that like i felt like there were a couple of combos that just worked Uh or like there was one ability that i that i had that i got early on that was sort of the ultimate ability that that i wouldn't really need to think about using anything else um when so like when i think a fight got too crowded i could hit a button and stun everybody or something like that yeah it was like so now there are these all these other mechanics that i can look into but like none of them really helped none of them made me more um capable than that first ability that i the got game got too easy just worked, and not yeah not necessarily even too easy like too easy isn't 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 necessarily a bad thing if if the um the actual mechanics are, are like fun and interesting enough to 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 play you know doing the actions isn't doesn't feel mechanical or like there's enough sort of curveballs in each encounter that that makes it like something you need to work towards even if it's easy to accomplish um like you know my problem with spider-man was that it felt like every encounter was more or less the same as each other and and that like um that didn't really interest interest me
2: i think that um if if like you said those stuff that stuff was optional like that's probably the best case scenario where you can play it if you want to because um because there's plenty of times where we walk through a maze and we know that one way is the correct way but we immediately go the other way just to check oh yeah like like just to, like it's like um i was watching an anime recently where like they've got into a maze and then they're like oh we figured out we'd go to left she's like all right let's go right and they're like what? And she's like, isn't it common sense that you explore every pathway when you know it's going to be a dead end? Like, there could be something there. And I was like, yeah, it's just, that is common knowledge. Like, uh, but it's optional. Like, we did that uh, because it felt like safe exploring um, and stuff like that. So, like, if it's, um, if you're enjoying the side quest, then you're getting more out of the game and stuff like that. But, like, I really do think that they need to be optional because there's people that are just trying to, like, get through the game Mm. for the payoff which is the end screen and all of that stuff and if they wanted to they could go back and play it but they're probably not going to so you make it optional because then there's some people who are like literally trying to explore everything and 100% it uh and then there's people who are just trying to get to the end so if for example like last of us um made it go on longer made it feel like a grind that's actually a worse off experience because uh Length of time is not the best way to evaluate um, how enjoyable the game was, but maybe they felt pressure because of the the price point that they set and stuff like that. So they figured better to be safe yeah. than sorry.
1: And it's a it's a much anticipated you know like premium title that like I feel like and, and like a lot of games. I think the Assassin's Creed series is a real bad one for this, where like. just too much to do (laughs) and like there's there's and like the story um a lot of that extra stuff is is not that compelling so um but like you get caught in in a trap sometimes of like i want to clear all the icons off the map because i want to make the map look as as neat and tidy as possible um and it stops you from actually getting to the enjoyable stuff of the game which also Mm. like even the main quest in assassin's creed game often seems to me to be too long um like I, I'm, I'm getting more and more into um if it's going to be a sort of cinematic experience i don't want it to be too long like i don't want it to take too much longer than you know a normal like tv show um sort of premium drama hbo style sort of you know um length of time to get through because mm. um it's it's just like you know, I want to see the resolution of, of of these storylines, but like, um, but with Nino Cooney too, I don't know, like the the other interesting thing about it is that there's a lot of post game content. So after you've defeated the final boss, you can, you see the credits roll, you get dumped back to the main screen and, and then it'll say, uh, would you like to save your game? So you save it and reload it and it puts you back into the game just before that final boss battle. But now there's a whole other list of new um, side quests that have opened up. That you can go back and and like revisit some of the characters that you've met through the journey and like mm. um, see how things have gone. And, and that stuff is really interesting. I, I I will admit I didn't get through all of that because once the main game was over, I was like, okay, yeah, I've, I've had I've had a good time with this game, and I'll, I'm I'm ready to leave it for that. Um, mm. Uh, as as good as the side quests in that game generally are. Um, you know, there was very, very little incentive for me to to continue doing stuff. <laughs>
0: um that, that goes back to you know, that goes back to Bruce's topic, you know, people who are hardcore enough or just casual enough to play it. Because then you're introducing DLCs and that is another level again. You know, that that introduces I mean, maybe. There's like Animal
2: Crossing, which was like the big one recently, right? Yeah. Like there's... Heaps of people that, um, and at its core, it's like, it's just a lot of, it seems like a lot of grinding to me, but I I, I do know people that were like uh, playing. and then they saw streamers like doing all this crazy stuff and they just like restarted. Like they had islands, everything set up and they were like, nah, like that looks way better. So like they went back and restarted just so that they could make their island look like really good and stuff. But it's just, yeah, you know, you, you just, you're grinding a lot of it. Like it's not, you have so much gameplay but it's not really anything new. It's more just, yeah, more of the same. And you're having a good time doing it, which is, and you're you're having a good time inviting people over. It's got enough in there to keep you playing for a long time, with actually very little like content or actual yeah. like changes to gameplay. So if you're enjoying it, like, because all of it is pretty pointless. Like you don't get anything <laughs> from, yeah. Uh, but like you're enjoying it, so like it. Um,
0: There's no end game to Animal Nothing console. wrong
2: with. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same with like, if you have a vice, like, um, like smoking or drinking, or like if you enjoy collecting things and all that, like this, not always a point or a reason you need to be doing it, but you're enjoying it. So you're not hurting anyone. Just go for it.
1: Yeah. But like, so what I, what I want to think about is what do game developers need to do to to make an experience like i think when i finished nino cooney 2 i think i clocked in over 100 hours in it <laughs> mm. um which is a lot um and and none of it felt like wasted time it was all very enjoyable so um like what what is it about a game that makes you want to stick around um longer than you necessarily need to in order to complete the story the main story Like, is is there anything for you guys? Because, like, I I think I've described, like, what it was about that game that that did it for me.
2: Um, I think making it it really clear that that it's optional. Like, if they, like, put it up and they said, like, hey, would you like to do this? Um, And then, um, like, they'll give you something that has value, but not towards the main storyline. It's like something cosmetic, maybe, where... Mm. Okay you yeah. don't need to look uh, you don't need to have a nice hat to go and see what the end game is like but like you want that hat because just you feel like it or you say um no thanks and then like whoever gave you the quest walks off with some really sarcastic comment or something <laughs> like, you think you're too big big for me like and just walks off and then you just like laugh at them trying to have a personality when they're not real like it's just, yeah um yeah i think i think that option i think if you made it it's just the way freemium model works, where uh, you play and then you get all this cosmetic yeah. stuff that you don't actually need to play the game, but you do it because you love to rep and to show people, like, hey, this is what I look like now. I pimped myself out.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting, um, like, that you bring up the freemium thing, because, like, one mm-hmm. of the big sort of success stories this year of, of like, freemium game content is um, Call of Duty Warzone. And like oh, I haven't played a Call of
2: Duty one? game. Sorry. Uh, I've been seeing Warzone popping up on different feeds or something. Like, it's a Call
1: on? of Duty battle royale game, so it's like, basically Call of Duty
0: battle royale game.
1: Yeah, and it's free. It's free to play. Okay. It's like it's not free to play because it's like a 90 gigabyte download, but you get the idea. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So the. The thing with like, I haven't played a Call of Duty game in in many years, so I jumped into that one because it's really well made. It's really, really well designed. Like, it's sort of like the apex of of battle royale design in video mm. games at the moment. Um, but um, as it should, as it would be, because it's a huge studio with a lot of resources and stuff. But the way unlocks work in that is that um, you know, as you, as you, there, there are several different ways you can sort of upgrade things. Um, like if you use a particular gun, every, every gun in the game has its own sort of level up scheme. So the more you kill people with a gun or get hits on The people, gun gets better. The gun, the gun doesn't necessarily get better. So what happens is you're able to... Um, one of the mechanics of the game is that you, you can call in a loadout. Um, so you can call in a special drop box that will give you uh, a set of predetermined weapons and, and perks and stuff that you have decided already in the, in sort of the metagame that these are the things that you, you want your guns to look like and how, the, how you want them to behave. So, um, but in order to get parts for those loadouts, you need to be using the guns. You need to be leveling up like your,
2: your battle It's, it's pretty basic it stuff. They, they've got it's it just, in like um, a bunch of games. So yeah. The yeah,
1: more yeah, you yeah.
2: kill, the better. Like the more you kill, the more you kill. Like you call it airstrikes and yeah. super unfair things <laughs> oh absolutely it does... yeah but... but yeah but
1: this is sort of even in the meta so like like you know killing more people within a game doesn't necessarily help you in fact nothing will change like you can get 20 kills in a game and you won't get more kill streaks okay. like um so like you can find those things on the ground um but after you finish that game with the 20 kills you'll have upgraded you you've unlocked a bunch of different features that you can to put onto your guns, as well as cosmetic items and stuff like that. Um, so the next time you call in your loadout, in the next game, um, your gun will be a little bit more kitted out. You might have a scope on it that you need or thermal imaging or things like that, um, that you wouldn't get straight out of the box in, in the beginning of the, when you start playing. Um, so like this, this sort of idea of the more you play and the more successful you are, better you will the more successful you will be later on really put me off playing the game. Like it just seems like mean a lot of the homework, more you play, A lot of work.
2: Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that mean that like at the end of it like it'll put off newcomers? Because, yeah, you because are, you're just too you know, good. To play it. No, well just because you've been playing for so long, you've got all the items and stuff built up.
1: Yeah. Well like ideally there's there's some sort of ELO system in place in the background that it doesn't tell you anything about which match makes you with people who are at your same tier level of like unlocks and stuff. So um, surely like you shouldn't be at too much of a disadvantage as a new player, but um, all of that is very like um, obscure. Like you, you don't really know how that works. You can see other people's, I think you can see other players like level when you kill them, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. And even if you're a high level, if you haven't actually worked on your loadouts, if you haven't actually clicked through all the, like, frankly, pretty bad UI, <laughs> um, to try and get your um, gun with the the best perks and upgrades and and whatnot as um, as as you've got unlocked, mm-hmm. then it won't actually help you. You can be, you can have, you know, two thousand hours in the game and have everything unlocked, but if you haven't actually um, put those on your gun then doesn't matter so it, it's a weird thing <laughs> it's, it's very strange to me um, but yeah it definitely doesn't feel like a level playing field even though like we're probably talking about 1 or 2% of a difference in some cases or like you have 2 more rounds in the magazine or something like that like they're not huge dramatic changes that will win you games necessarily like it's still okay. a skill based game but At the same time, like it just felt like see the list of things that is possible to unlock. It just made me like really disincentivized to continue trying and and playing that game so what's the, what's
2: their money model like what how do they get revenue um so they
1: it's the the install file is the same oh, so there are two two things firstly um when you launch the game it's the same launcher as um the normal Call of Duty multiplayer. So you'll get to a window which says, on this side is Warzone, that's free. On this side, if you want to play the regular multiplayer, you got to pay up for that one. Um, But within Warzone, you can unlock skins and you can unlock, I think, perks that help you as well um, and things like that, but like mostly cosmetics, but by paying for it. And the only way you get those things most of the time is by paying for it. So that's their monetization model there.
0: Oh yeah. Um I think we'll just wrap up.
1: Yeah. Thanks, thanks,
0: thanks, Bruce, for joining us. Maybe come back for some more. Guys, thank you. Thank you. We'll yeah. be seeing you guys next time. Yeah, time Whatever that might be. <laughs> and uh, if you like this episode, you know, like and subscribe, all that good stuff on Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere you find your podcast, except YouTube. All right, catch you guys. <laughs>
2: Bye. Um, see ya.